interrupted. You're telling me right now you're going to take Damian Lillard over John Morant right now? To build a franchise, no. To win a game, yes. Quite simply, I'm going to go ahead and say if we're picking point guards to win a game, I would take John Morant right now, number two. And I'm taking him only after Steph Curry. What? Yo. Yo. I need that reason. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, here with you for the new year, and I still got my guys with me, Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, how are you? Happy New Year. It's been a minute. I haven't seen you since last year. We got the gang back. You know what I'm saying? I'm much better now. Happy New Year's. I hope y'all had a great Christian just Christmas, totally just, great for, New just Year's. overlooked my joke. You saw that, right? Just <laughs> oh, totally what, you overlooked made a joke, joke, Ash? I'm sorry, I, said, I, I missed it. I haven't seen you in a year. You're annoying. You're very well, annoying. technically, it's not a year. It's... I haven't seen you since last year. Get him, get oh, okay, lethal. perfect, perfect. There we go. <laughs> see, see, we, see, on Certified Buckets, we like to refine these jokes, you feel me? Make sure that we, you know what? we deliver energy. in the That's best possible. <laughs> Same energy. That's all I ask. <laughs> oh, man. But whether you are new or just now getting into the show, we want to thank you for supporting. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets because we're still too cool for all of that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us and maybe you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So new year, we're going to hit the reset button. It's a new calendar year. The holiday season has come and gone. And now we are full steam ahead to what? The trade deadline, an all-star weekend in LeBron's hometown of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Listen, health and safety protocols, though, have thrown a wrench into this season, testing every single team's depth, their patience, and their ability to adapt to new players on the fly. So on this three-on-five, we're going to do a little fill-in-the-blanks. You remember that from, you know, your school days, you know, pick the best answer that that fills in the sentence. And we're going to go ahead and do that for what already seems to be a very unpredictable 2022. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go three-on-five. All right, so topic number one, the last two championships were affected by the pandemic. 2020 took place in the bubble, and in 2021, there were little to no fans in the stands, which was not a good time. So I want you guys to go ahead and fill in the blank. COVID will have a blank effect on who wins the 2022 championship. Uh, No effect. Oh, oh, <laughs> no effect. COVID who? I don't know him. <laughs> I'm low key inclined to agree with Lethal here. I think we've seen how progressive the NBA has been able to be just in terms of everything or right? everything that's getting thrown at the NBA from social issues to this pandemic. They found ways to kind of be at the forefront of how other groups of people are moving. And now you're seeing first they shorten the the length of time that a player has to be in the health and safety protocols. And I know as part of that decision, they're looking at the different CT levels that that, pl- that players have uh, when they when they get sick. And obviously CT levels, they tell you how, how infectious somebody might be. So I think we're going to get to a world where 
uh, and it sounds crazy. I think we're going to be in a place where players might be testing positive, but their levels might be so low that they're going to be able to go out there and play either way. I know that sounds scary, right? Oh my goodness, these guys are COVID positive, but they're going to go out and play. But I mean, it, it looks like we might be trending in this direction some point soon. Okay, so then your answer obviously would be what then? Um, I think little effect. You know, I, I won't say it has no impact whatsoever because, I mean, the finals are what, just a few months away, right? We could have, we just had uh, uh, Omicron, right? What's next? We could have uh, another variant come through and, and rock the NBA. And now we've got players who are sick with symptoms and, and having all types of issues. But, you know, I, I don't think we see that. I think we see, hopefully, knock on wood, right? I think this is going to be the end of, I mean, I want to say the end of COVID, but I think it'll be the harshest that we've been hit this season and that uh, players are going to be able to play through the rest of the year. Yeah, I feel like the worst of COVID is over in terms of how it's affecting sports, obviously not how it is affecting the entire world um, in, in that capacity. But I think in terms of sports, you know, it was it was rampant, especially during the holiday season, which they expected because, you know, people were traveling, they were seeing family, family was coming in, you know, so that wasn't too much of a surprise. And also a lot of the places in this country are cold right now. Not every place is like Miami and L.A. where it's, you know, 80 degrees in the middle of January. So that was also expected. I think the only team that's going to be affected by, quote unquote, COVID are the Nets, and that's because of the yeah. mandate in New York City, you know, and that goes back to the fact that there is a series that goes seven games, regardless of where that happens in the postseason. You know, Kyrie Irving, who is now back with the team as a part-time player, won't be able to play because the mandate, unless something changes, is not going to be changed just for Kyrie Irving. You know, the mandate kind of is what it is. Now, there are other cities, Boston and L.A., who have made exceptions um, for players, for athletes. I don't know if New York is going to go ahead and follow that. You know, New Yorkers and us New Yorkers and the New York, you know, We move at the drum of our own We beat, move you know different. We do what we do yeah. when we do it. So, and Facts. how we do it. So I don't know if it changes. If it does, obviously that would be great for the Nets and Nets fans. But if it doesn't, that's that's definitely a, a cause for concern because you don't want to be in a situation game seven at the Barclays and Kyrie can't play. And that's a very real possibility. And, and we're going to get into that. You know, we, we're going to talk about Kyrie on this podcast, but it's tough that he's really the only player who's who's being impacted. You know, when you look at players around the around the league who are unvaccinated, you, well, yeah, they're unvaccinated. But like you said, they're not in markets where you can't play home games, right? Like you've got one of your best players. And yeah, Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. But I mean, in terms of electrifying and fun to watch, I mean, Kyrie is that draw. And now you're telling Nets fans who want to pay for season tickets that, okay, yeah, well, you can't watch them here, but you can catch them on TV. That, that's tough. Um, but I, I think in terms of, of the question that you opposed in terms of COVID and what type of impact it's going to have on this season, you know, um, Adam Silver had a, a, I don't want to call it a state of the union, but he did take questions from media uh, over the summer. And this is the first time I ever got a chance to ask Adam Silver any type of question as a reporter. And I asked him, hey, you know, what are the odds that we go back into another bubble? Right. And he said, nah, he basically said, nah, we don't want that to happen. Right. We, we, we It was a lot for players and their families to be separated from their families and whatnot. And just in terms of living on the road away from home, not sleeping in your own bed, difficult situation. Um, so I think the NBA is going to just push through this season no matter what COVID and uh, I, th I think everything will be fine. I think, they'll, I think they'll make it to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the league can even afford to go back into the bubble. Nah, I mean, that tough. was that took such a deficit out of their profit in terms of, you know, what they yeah. see each and every season from fans alone being in the arenas. I don't think you can ever go back. Now, there is a possibility 
I think, and this is a question I'll ask you guys, it is a possibility that we may see a tweaked postseason depending on how COVID looks. You may see less fans in arenas depending on if you're playing in a hot spot or whatever the case may be. But again, if it takes any type of pattern as it did last season or just last year in in life in general, it seems as the weather gets warmer, which it would by the time, you know, playoffs come around, that's April, May, June, you know, the, the man, postseason. Oh the cases go down, it might work out in the league's favor <laughs> to not even have to worry about that. I think right now, because you're you're in like the nut of it, it just seems like, okay, this is this is gonna be a problem. But I don't know. I think this is something that's so unpredictable that you don't know until you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I mean, look at what Toronto's doing, right? Toronto is saying, hey, no fans for the next three weeks, so we yeah. figure this stuff out, right? Yeah. Like, and that could happen, you know? And and Lethal, you've you've been in, in situations where you've played in front of packed stadiums, right? And you've been in situations where you've played in front of nobody at all. Mm-hmm. Right. What what could that impact kind of be like if you're you're a team that's playing on the road and then all of a sudden, wait, there, there's no fans. You kind of just got to get used to it. How does how does that impact the game? No, I, I agree. But some players actually it helps um, to their advantage because if you notice in the bubble, a lot of players had really high shooting percentages because there was no no fans in there to talk bad about them. Um, and, and I agree with Toronto's doing now uh, to 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 catch it early before it's late um, to control everything that's going on. And I agree with you said, Chris and Ash, yeah. where it's not as bad. We're not doctors, but it's not as bad as I think we went through the hurricane. And I feel like now right. it's more um, like you're saying, um, Chris, where it's like it's starting to get, you know, wore down like a, like a common cold a little bit. So I just feel like it's time for us to just continue to grow with it and learn from it. But I don't think we should um, not have fans in, in the stands and um, and to and to stop what's going on because because we have to continue to live life. And, um, and you know, it's not always about sports, but just just not being fear. And again, yeah. this is just in, you know, reference to the sports world. Obviously, right. in the quote unquote real world, oh, it's man. a different conversation Absolutely. with what we're looking at with COVID Absolutely. and the pandemic and how it's affecting people. But Absolutely. in terms of the sports world, you have to remember that's not even a fraction of the population. Exactly. So that, I think yeah. in that regard, the worst is over. And again, right. Remember, three months that they say you can't, they quote unquote say, nobody knows for sure that, you know, you have some sort of immunity for a couple of months after getting it. So there is a possibility players can re-get it before the postseason comes around. And, you know, we're dealing with this again. But like we said, if it's any indication of, of, you know, what last year showed us, it's that the worst kind of happens in the winter. And now we're kind of on the, the brighter end of things. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Again, you know, right now, the only team that's going to be, like we said, the most effective, regardless of cases and health and safety protocol, is Brooklyn. And that's Absolutely. for completely other reasons. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward because they have a lot of decisions to make. And they're a team that, you know, stands to lose the most if they're not at full strength when they need to. And that obviously is in regards to playing at home. So we'll see. Yeah. You you know, before we move on from COVID, I think one thing that it's also going to do is it's going to force a lot of these athletes to be a lot more responsible with who they're hanging out with and where that they're too. going. If right. you're, if you test positive for COVID, be knowing that you've got to be out for five games right. or for five days, right. And right. you're in the playoffs, your teammates are going to look at you like you're crazy, right? right? You're going to look at yourself in the mirror crazy when you're watching the game from home. Right. So be safe. You know what I'm saying? Stay home. Right. Do what you got to do. Be yeah, I mean, you, you hope you hope that that, that decision making happens. I mean, not to bring it to football, but I think, you know, Dak Prescott said something really, you know, responsible prior to 
um, this previous, this last game that we lost. Um, I was just about to say, since <laughs> we're talking you're about You're a Jets football. fan. Simmer on down over there. I know you guys oh had your little God, moment, but bro. please simmer on down. Um, he said something. He was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm encouraging all my guys to stay home. You know, New Year's Eve fell on a Friday. We're in a position now. We're, we're looking at the playoffs and we can't afford to lose any of these guys. So I'm, I'm asking them to make a decision for the team and not for themselves. Right. And that's what you need from, you know, the NBA as well. You need guys to make Sacrifice. decisions for the team and not for themselves, right. especially when you start getting into playoff season. And if you happen to be in the playoffs and not and even the play in, you don't want to go ahead and jeopardize that opportunity because I think that with COVID, both conferences are more wide open than ever before. I think we're seeing a lot of different types of play from teams that we probably didn't expect that weren't on our radar at the beginning of the season. And because of that, you definitely don't want to squander an opportunity to make some noise because, you know, you wanted to hang out with your homeboys at the spot. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like you right, got to right, right. make smart decisions, especially when there's a lot on the line. So we'll see. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to topic number two. And, and we alluded to the Nets a little bit, but now we're going to get into it. Kyrie Irving is Bizak, like he never <laughs> left. He is making his debut on Wednesday night. After coming to an agreement with the Brooklyn Nets, the star point guard will only make appearances on the road, as we mentioned, due to New York City's vaccine mandate. So he is a quote-unquote part-time player. Christian, I need you to fill in this blank for me. Kyrie Irving's impact on the Nets as a part-time player will be a blank. Breath of fresh air. Hmm. This team has lost three games in a row. Every game they've lost, they followed with an even worse loss. I mean, first you got Joel Embiid hitting the game winner, basically, and then waving them off the floor. Then you lose to a Clippers team whose best players were Eric Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson. I love both of those guys, but I mean, you're not supposed to beat KD and James Harden with that. And then you let the Memphis Grizzlies come in and go up by as much as 28 points. And the only reason that game was even close was because Steve Nash put the rookies in in the fourth quarter and they ran the score back up and they ended up losing by 14. I mean, the Nets are in a funk right now, right? And what better to break you out of that funk than, I don't know, welcoming back one of the best players of all time. Yes, Kyrie Irving is that. He is one of the best players of all time. He is electrifying, as we've shown. And it just it's unfortunate that Nets fans aren't going to be able to see this at home. But this part isn't really about the fans. It's more so about the team. This team needs a, a jolt right now. They, they haven't been playing defense the way we've seen them play. They haven't been moving the ball the way we need they need to. And more importantly, they just haven't played with that energy, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't brought force in these games. And when you bring a guy like Kyrie, I know Steve Nash is probably going to do something crazy, like bring him off the bench in his first game just because that's what he likes to do but just bringing Kyrie back is going to rejuvenate this team because once you put those three stars together when you put KD Kyrie and James Harden on the same floor and then you I mean the Nets haven't had Joe Harris they'll get him back but just with those three alone what is the defense supposed to do to stop those guys right you're supposed to pray and that's what it's gonna I think that's what's gonna end up happening it's gonna take them some time to uh to to get reacclimated to playing with one another but once they do it's gonna be tough to stop when The Nets made the decision to, you know, remove Kyrie from the team in any capacity, whether on the road, whether at home. It was a decision that split a lot of people. You know, some Mm -hmm. people were like, way to set a precedent, way to go ahead and put the team first. You know, and then some people thought it was just a stupid decision, at least let him play on the road games. Lethal, let me ask you. If COVID never came into the picture, if we weren't seeing teams decimated by, you know, health and safety protocols and having to resort to 10-day contracts with guys who haven't played in God knows how long, 
Do you think the Nets still make this decision at some point down the line? Because I believe it was inevitable. It was going to happen regardless. I just think COVID went ahead and may have pushed it to happen sooner than the Nets planned. But I don't think there was a chance in hell they were playing an entire season without Kyrie Irving in some capacity. No, I agree with you 100%. That's why I say, you know, Kyrie's impact on the Nets as a part-time player would be a success because Kyrie going to any team right now is a success because he knows how to fit in with players and to make everybody around him better. And the one thing that Chris was saying as well that, that you already know as well, where you have Katie, uh, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Most importantly, let's not forget Patty Mills is playing like all stars mm-hmm. as well. Patty Mills is literally I love showing Patty us. Mills. I yeah, love he's him. he's definitely he's definitely showing us right now that he's a he's a big four. You know what I mean? He's showing us that he he can flat out do everything. So I'm excited to see how he can fit in with those guys because we know Kyrie's a little bit uh, ball dominant sometimes. But I think that helps Kevin Durant get off the basketball. And most importantly, that helps James Harden get off the basketball because all he has to do is catch and shoot and slash. And he's not in situations where he's over dribbling. So I feel like with Kyrie coming back, it's going to be very scary because another thing I've been noticing as well is that you've probably been seeing as well, Chris, because you watch all the games. Y'all defense not that bad. It's just you're missing a few points here and there. Like yeah. people, people are diving on the ground. Kyrie, uh, uh, Kevin Durant chasing people down, blocking shots off the glass. Your center is doing whatever it takes to win. James Harden is putting his face in the, in the defense. So it's like, it's not like they don't want it. They want it hard. And I feel like Kyrie is that missing person. And mark my words, you know, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. He's going to be playing on a roll and he's going to be like, damn, you know what? Like, I really, I really want to play with this thing. I'm not trying to say he's going to get back, but I think he's going to sacrifice for the team once he gets back in that mix a little bit, hanging out and hooping a little bit on the roads and, He's not going to not want to play at home in the playoffs. It's going to be too crazy in, in Brooklyn. So you're saying what? He's saying he's going to get back. You say he's, he's going to get that boost I'm boost? Say, I'm saying <laughs> say he might get that Johnson and Johnson. You hear me? <laughs> you say he's going to get that oh my shot goodness. shot? He might get that Johnson and Johnson. Let me ask Lethal this then, then fill in the blank then. Kyrie Irving's impact on the Nets as a part-time player will be I think, I think a... a success. A success. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we rather have, not we, but they rather have him than nothing. Like, I'd exactly. rather, if I have 100 games and I can only have Kyrie for 50, I'll take Kyrie for 50 than zero. So what's going to happen is Kyrie on the road, he's going to show different guys how to do different stuff on the court. He's going to give them the confidence that they have and like what Chris is saying, it's it's hard on KD and James Harden to, to, to carry that team. That's why certain teams yeah. are flexing on them like that. But once <laughs> once once Kyrie comes back, I think he he fulfills that space that's needed to 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 bring a championship to Brooklyn. I'm gonna go ahead and, and fill in the blank then, and mine's gonna be. Um, Kyrie Irving's Uh-oh. impact on the Nets as a Uh-oh, part-time Chris. player will be a catalyst. There you go. Uh, okay. Look at all this positivity. Okay. Christian, you you listened in on that that you know press conference. You know his yeah, first yeah. press conference back as a Brooklyn Net. You know what was the sentiment? What was his vibe like? He's hungry. He wants to play. That, that boy is happy. That's a happy. That's a happy man right <laughs> yeah. there. And it's, it's for a few reasons. Number one. I mean, just from a basketball perspective, Kyrie moves everybody back to the natural position, right? You can move Patty Mills back to the bench. You can start Joe Harris. You can even move LaMarcus Aldridge back to the bench because you've got three superstar scorers. All you need is that rim protection and a lob threat, right? Number two, he's going to take a lot of the load off of Kevin Durant and James Harden now. Those guys are racking up minutes. Now you can say, hey, James, rest this game. KD and, and, and mm. Kai got it. No, Kai, rest this game. James and, and KD got it. I mean, right. James and Kai got it. Or even, hey, both of you guys sit this game out. 
Get your legs under you. Let's say Kai and the young guys go after it. And right. Kyrie would love that. He just wants to go out there and hoop. And, and then on top of that, even in addition to that, it gives the Nets something else to think about down the road, right? Because now you've got a player who can't play at home, but can play on the road. And if you're in a game seven, do you want that game seven at home where you can't play with Kyrie? Or do you want that game seven on the road and you've got Kyrie and all your guys out there, you know? So it's something for the Nets to think about. Um, And honestly, they've got bigger fish to fry. They've already fallen from the first seed right now. But I mean, once you start getting to that playoff push, I mean, what would you guys do? If If you're Steve Nash and Sean Marks, are you looking at the schedule like, okay, well, we should throw some games away so that we can play on the road more? Or do you no. want to just try to win nah. out? No, I think... I nah? think, no. You don't think so? I think that you have faith that if anybody can change Kyrie's mind, it's Kevin the Durant. Oh, um, mm. And the game. I think yeah. it's the game and it's Kevin Durant. Because, yeah. you know, I think Kevin Durant was the catalyst in bringing him back. Yeah. And, and making, you know, making that happen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we talk about COVID and health and safety protocols and 10-day contracts and all that stuff. But... What Kevin Durant wants, Kevin Durant gets, especially, sure. you know, on the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that he he saw what life w- was without Kyrie in some capacity. He said, yeah, I've done this long enough. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's like the ghost of Christmas future. When you see what it's like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not doing this. It's going to be interesting to see exactly what works and how it works and ultimately what that changes moving forward. But I 100% believe that the game and his relationship with KD is is going to change things to where that's not even a thought that Steve Nash and that entire front office even has to, and coaching staff even has to entertain. It's not going right. to it's not gonna right. have to happen. I, I'll also say this. There is a plant-based COVID-19 vaccine in the works. If you know that what? thing gets, gets approved. <laughs> no, listen, this is real life. If that gets approved, I think Kyrie would be more inclined to take that versus anything else that is out there. You feel me? Like, it's just more in line with what he wants. Speaking of getting back on the court, we're going to go ahead and move our way to topic number three because somebody else is on his way back. And it's somebody that I'm extremely excited about. One of the best sharpshooters in the league, Clay Thompson. Oh my goodness. Mm -mm. He is joining his squad again. The Golden State Warriors that, you know, the same Golden State Warriors that already have the best record in the league have championship aspirations. But now those championship aspirations have just got a boost, if you will, because the other half of the Splash Brothers is back. So I'm going to go ahead and fill in this blank first, and then I'm going to throw it to Lethal. The 2022 version of Clay Thompson will be dangerous. All right? Okay. It's going to be dangerous. And <laughs> okay. here's why. I'm going to tell you why. No, you didn't. Clay Thompson is somebody who has dealt with two major injuries back to back. Okay. And anyone who's dealt with a major injury or any injury as an athlete knows, but specifically the bigger ones, it does one or two things to you. It makes you return a shell of yourself or it makes you turn or it brings you back and makes you turn into a whole new version of yourself that you didn't know you could be. Look what happened to Kevin Durant. I think Mm -hmm. he tapped into a different tier of his potential after his major injury. I think Klay Thompson has been so removed from basketball for so long. Not only is he hungry, he's pissed off. He has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's like, I've been away from the game that I love for two years 
I couldn't yeah. be on the court with my guys. He saw the way the Warriors were fighting without him and how bad that they looked without him. He's on the bench. You see him with a towel on, hoodie on. He's just miserable. Now you see him on the boat, leather jacket, Hawaiian shirt. He's ready to go. He's ready to cook. He's holding up six fingers in the tunnel, counting down the days. I think we are going to see a Clay Thompson that we have never seen before. It's going to be vin- vintage Clay Thompson on steroids, and I am so excited. Lethal, go ahead and fill in that blank. The 2022 version of Clay Thompson will be what? Don't laugh at my answer, but it's going to be lethal. It's like, he's going to be. <laughs> he's going to. Oh my Because goodness. like you were saying, Ash, like this dude on a boat, just he's singing Sade. He's just losing his mind. Like he's singing the BGs. Like he just wants to get back on the court. And like you're saying, Ash, like. As an athlete, the good thing and the positive thing about all of this, when he was down, it's not like he was getting caught doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing, like right. at the club or doing, like y'all saying, not sacrificing. Like this dude is at the gym, this dude is at mm-hmm. the on his boat, or he was. Uh, what's the thing? Other thing he was doing with, in the water with the feet, um, the paddling. He was yeah, on like, yeah. like paddling, yeah, yeah, yeah. or hanging so out with like, Rocco. Shout oh, out to hanging Rocco. out with his dog. Right. The, Shout out to Rocco the, the car. dog. It was the drop top, so yeah. it's like his whole life. <laughs> You could tell he just sits up all night and just watches the games, just missing the game. So it, it's going to be scary. And I'm excited. And like we always say, if he just comes back 60 to 70%, just to spread the floor out a little bit more for Steph Curry, as much as I love all the NBA team, it's going to be hard to stop these guys because the pieces that they have, he is that missing piece. And I'm very excited. Like you said, Ash, like I'm excited to see him back the, the culture, the game. We miss you, Clay. So uh, welcome back, brother. It kind of reminds me of that video. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it that goes around Twitter where <laughs> the old man's like hunched over. He's like, call the ambulance. And then he pulls the, like a fake gun out. He goes, but not for me. That's kind of how the Warriors <laughs> are coming. I've never out. seen that You've meme never before. seen that video? I know the guys, I know my producers have seen that. Vi- I know okay, the producers okay. have seen that video, but okay. it makes me... Hey, Chris, uh, you lost me on that one, Ash. No, listen, I'm oh, going to send you guys the link to that okay. video because okay. that makes okay. me laugh. It makes it look like, Producers, listen, producers, if you know this, the, if you know listen, this video or know meme that Ashley is, is referring hilarious. to, it's say hi, please. Uh, say hi if you've I'm seen this. I'm saying I think that, you know, a lot of teams have feared the Warriors this they season. Have. They have. But I don't think they have feared them in the way they're going to fear them when Clay comes back. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, Christian, look, I'm going to ask you because if there's any team that can give the Nets a run for their money, it is a team that Kevin Durant knows very, very well. He was there. He knows the greatness that is in Golden State. So the 2022 version of Clay Thompson will be what? Oh, I don't want to be that guy. He's going to be that guy. Watch Jesus. Don't be that guy because you're a Nets guy. I don't want to be that be that guy. But he had back-to-back injuries on the same leg, significant injuries. So I think he's going to be a step too slow. You wow. know, I, I, I think I think we understand mm. that the jump shot is never going mm. anywhere, right? But I, I do have questions about lateral quickness when your job is to defend the other team's best player. You're that's what that's what his best player though. What Chris? that's ha- that's the Clay Thompson effect. He I'm, neutralizes the team's best know, defensive best it, offensive right player. Right now, Gary Payton. Uh, get him, lethal. Get him, lethal. Is, he, is Gary they're Payton going to start in the world? They're going to hide Clay. Bro. No, you know that. Man. They're going to hide him. Oh my goodness. Do so you think the first game back they're going to throw him to the? So the Wolves? They're going to put him on, yeah, the, on the person that sits in the... Yeah, throw that man to the Wolves. What no, you talking so about? so he get hurt again? 
That dude, you it's already gonna know like what's going to happen. It's going to be like when your parents, the old school way of teaching your kids how to swim, you just throw oh, them in the pool no. and say, yeah, good luck. Yeah. That's what Chris <laughs> going to do to his son. You want to learn how to swim, son? <laughs> All right, he's going to take him to yo. the ocean. Just throw him right in the ocean. Yo, yo, Lethal tried to paint me to be out some terrible father. Yo, listen. <laughs> Here's what I'm, all I'm saying is this, right? And, and right. I'm I'm hoping that Clay Thompson gets back to 100 percent because I want to see what fully healthy Clay right, right. looks like on this team. I think if Clay joins this team, no one's gonna beat them in the playoffs. I think there they're gonna is. win it there all. It is. There but is. if we see that little bit of a drop off, I don't think it's gonna come on offense, right? I think we know his jump shot is gonna be pure no matter what. I right. think defensively that could be an issue, right? If if, you, if lateral quickness is what is what is what has gotten you to this point as, as such a solid and and smarts obviously, right? He's one of the I smartest agree. defenders that we've oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah. But I mean that that's going to take some time for him to make up, especially, you know, in my opinion, I think if you're going through rehab and you're going through practice and you're playing with the team, that's one thing, but when you're playing against somebody else that's trying to you know what I'm saying? Earn that $200 million contract next year and they want to do it by exposing Clay Thompson. They're going to come at you every yeah. way they can. Yeah. So how does his body react to that? That's what I You know see. why I disagree I agree with, with you a little bit? I mean, I understand the sentiment of what you're saying, but here's why I disagree. Because for starters, Clay has had, it's not like he's being rushed back. Clay has yeah. had a lot of time to rehabilitate and he has done so brilliantly not only that but golden state has been very cautious with him it's not like they have rushed him back at the first sign of like oh well he can dribble the ball let's get him oh he's he's throwing up those three pointers again let's get they they are so he was supposed to come back christmas day and he didn't they are so cautious sure. with him and that's something that we haven't seen you know, from some other teams that we should have. Look at Kevin yeah. Durant. There was, he yeah. was fresh off an injury and Brooklyn was playing him like, you know, there was no tomorrow. And then what happened? Yeah. He got yeah. another injury. So yeah. I think that the benefit to Klay Thompson's situation is that he's not being forced to come back sooner than he's right. ready. And I think because of that, you're going to see a vintage version of him because he's had all the time in the world to get back there. I personally yeah. don't believe either knowing Clay and knowing that work ethic and what we've seen of him. I don't think that if he was not up to the standard in which he sets for Clay Thompson, he'd be rushing to come back. Yeah. I think he's hungry to come back because I think he's ready. And I think that he's even more ready than a lot of us are even anticipating. And that's why I'm excited because if anyone knows it's Clay. And yeah. I think Clay knows. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be some Clay Thompson hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we all love Clay on and off the floor. But the facts are what is it? ACL, then Achilles, yeah. right? Yeah. Same leg year after year. Yeah. That's tough, right? Yeah. And we've seen what Achilles injuries have done to NBA players. And yes, Kevin yeah. Durant has been the exception to this point. But when you look at the rest of NBA history, right? The only other person I could think of that was better after their Achilles injury was Dominique Wilkins, right? Yeah. And Dominique had a different type of game playing in a different era. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for Clay. Don't get me wrong. I want to yeah. see him get back to his level, but I, I'm just a little hesitant, right? When you got two significant injuries on the same leg back to back, it don't matter how much rest you get. Well, I I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist. Lethal, realistically, I no in your experience, I mean, you've trained everybody and some of those people have had some serious injuries and then some have had minor ones. But with the serious injuries, percentage wise, if you had to give me a percentage, 100 obviously being the best, one obviously being the worst. Clay Thompson comes back and is what percentage of himself? About 60 because he going to have to, it don't matter how much D League he plays, how much he plays in practice. It ain't that person that's going against you that really don't give a you give a fuck about you. Cause like he's saying, they come they coming right at him. Like as soon as he come in the game, they're not looking like, oh, what's up, Clay? No, they're like run his ass off some double staggers to go at Clay. When ISO Clay, they're gonna 
they're going to do stuff. So I'll say about 60%. And he, and like Chris saying, he, he might get hit a certain way. And it's, it's so much stuff that's going to have to get broken. So I'm going to say 60%. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just tough. I don't want to, you know, and I want him to not be able to he's play not through it. Not saying he's 100% body-wise. I'm talking about 60% and him just, you know, not being in fear. Mm. So oh, that's 60% yeah. in, in mentality, not in physicality. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the list goes on in terms of players who've had Achilles injuries. I mean, Boogie, right? Boogie oh, tore yeah. Achilles, and then yep. we, we haven't heard from Boogie down. since that yeah. happened. But you know yeah. what, though, the difference between Boogie and Clay is Boogie played an extremely dominant game. Like, his sure. body was his game. Yeah, yeah. And, and Clay's play style is going to help him Clay's for sure. body, obviously, is part of his game, but it's not the entirety of his game. Right. His is strictly right. skill, or mostly skill. Boogie dominated you because he was yeah. big, he was Boogie. rough, he was tough. Yeah. So when you lose that physicality, when that is the predominant aspect of your game, yeah. it suffers. You know, you yeah, never I, can really get back to what you were because now you're, the chunk of your game that has made you such a dominant player is kind of gone or it's deteriorated. I will say this, you know, medical technology now versus where it was in that too. even the early 2000s, you know what I'm saying, when a lot of these injuries started happening, it's, it's evolved so so quickly. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Clay's in the best possible hands. I'm excited. I want to see and just to just to be completely honest, if if Clay comes back, I think the Warriors are championship favorites, right? You, the way they've been able to play with him, without him and then you add James Wiseman into that mix as well, that adds another dynamic to what they're able him. to do on both floor, both yeah. sides. I mean, let can we just fast forward to Warriors Nets? Let's do that. Fast forward to Warriors oh, Nets in the, in the, right in the finals. Okay. I'm with it. All yep. Right. All right, so we're going to move on to topic number four. And I hate to say I told you so. Actually, I love to say I told you so. But I told you so. And that is about the Memphis Grizzlies being the real deal Holyfield. Because after the Grizzlies upset your Brooklyn Nets, Christian, Desmond Bain said of John Morant, and I quote, I don't think it's any question he's an all-star. The real conversation is, is he the best point guard in the league? So we're going to have that conversation right yeah. here and right now. Lethal, you are the shooting guru, so I got to throw it to you first. If we're picking point guards to win a game, buzzer beater, final seconds, time on the clock, everything on the line, <laughs> I would take John Morant blank. Right now, I'll take him uh, top five. Oh, um, top yeah. five. No, no, hold five. up, hold up, hold up. Top no, five. No, hold on. Because of okay. how he's playing right now, we okay. can't. You name right now five other point guards who are competing and playing the the way that he that. All right, you when said top five. What's that top five list look like? Let's get that out of the way first. Right, right, I'll say right now, number one is Steph Curry. Okay. For I'll, sure. I'll say number two is Chris Paul. Sure. I'll say number three. I, I know he's not playing, but I gotta go with Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say at number four right now, I'll go with Luca. Ooh. Oh, Luke, yeah, facts. Yeah, and facts. then I'll and then I'll say Ja. And the only reason I say Luca is because it's all due respect to his team. Like he has way more to carry than Ja has to carry with Memphis. Like Luca is like he's like literally carrying that entire team. It's yeah. an emptier team than the yeah, Grizzlies. It's a, I will it's give you a, that. It's an emptier yeah. team. That's the only reason why I slid Luca so high. But the good thing, Steph's older, Chris is older, Kyrie's older. So that means that if Ja maintains this. Yes, Desmond might not be wrong in the next three years. We could see him as the top point guard in the NBA because Dame's going to be gone. Um, Lonzo Ball is a great point guard, but he doesn't have that athleticism. He doesn't shoot as consistent right now in his jaw. Um, Fred Van Vliet is amazing for Toronto, but 
Ja just brings that excitement, like what Az talks about. He has flair. And I, t- I could just see him, like Trey no Young. No love for imagine- Kyle Lowry yeah. in that, in that I- list? I was about to go. I-, I feel like Kyle Lowry's great, but he's older. Like Kyle Lowry in his prime, absolutely. Kyle Lowry right now, I'm watching him with the Heat. It's just a bit confusion going on right now. And and Trey Young's great, but like what Chris says, you know, as, as a guard, is is liability on defense. Ja isn't a liability on defense. Ja has athleticism. Ja mm. can can check. I saw Ja checking Braun a few a few plays and like really trying to muscle him up. Uh, and and the That's thing crazy is, to me. <laughs> and and I just feel like Jaw is in the right direction. And Ash, you called this. I, I don't know if it was weeks or months ago, but you called this and you said this team was going to be one of the top in the NBA and. And they look like that, and it's because of John ja Morant. So yes, I, heard, I think he, I heard John ja Morant step to James Harden in the Barclays and say, "Yo, you're trash. You can't guard uh, me." That's what I heard. I I, I don't know about that, but if he's saying that, that's what I heard. That's what the, uh, that's what the streets you know, are saying. That's what I the mean, well, you know, John, ja, you know, John ja hanging out with money bags, so I could I could I could see him saying something like that. I you heard know, he, so. he already walked past him and whispered in his hey, and whispered uh, in his ear a little bit, like, "Yo, you're trash. You can't yeah. guard hold me." On, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't I can't let y'all get off the hook this quickly. Lethal, you left one name outside your top five that immediately moved John Moran out. You taking John over Dame Lillard? Remember, we said right now, Chris. Pay attention, We talking about right now, but you included Kyrie. Kyrie ain't play yet. I know, but listen. listen. Double standard, Lethal. This is not double standard. Listen to me. Listen to me. The way Dame is playing right now, I can say he, he shouldn't be in top five right now. Kyrie haven't played. I'm going off what Kyrie has done. Kyrie isn't playing right now, so I'm gonna say Kyrie is in there. If Kyrie comes back playing like trash, I'm putting Ja over Kyrie. Yeah, that's a, those are fair points. You know, for me, yeah, I just feel like uh, Dame right now. All due respect to Dame, so, something's off. So I can't have him in there right now. You know what's he, off? He Christian don't want to be Christian, there. Christian just wants me to hop, <laughs> throw him the alley oop so he can go ahead and fill in the blank. So I'm gonna throw no, you the alley oop so you can <laughs> fill in the blank. Okay, Christian, stop whining. <laughs> give Give Draymond listen, an alley oop. Listen, man. listen. What I do? I'm gonna give you. The, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw you the alley oop so you can go ahead and dunk oh, the ball. Don't man. mess this up. Yeah. All right. If oh, we're picking goodness. point guards to win a game, I would take John Morant blank. I would take him right before I take Lamelo Ball. Or Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Wait. I, I, and this is and let me <laughs> allow me to explain. Right, I, I do believe that Steph and, and Chris Paul are, are odds on top point guards in the NBA. Right, and then after that, you're going to include Luca. I include Dame, not because of the way he has played, but because I know he is capable of. We've just seen the shots that he's been able to hit. We've seen how he's carried this franchise. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not ready to put John Morant ahead of Dame Lillard right now. Maybe you guys are. I'm not. Right, and then if we're, we're including Luca in there, I, I still consider job ja part of that group of younger point guards who are going to be the heir to the thrones when, like you said, these older guys leave the league. And right now, I'm looking at the way Lamelo Ball has been hooping. I'm looking at the way Shea has been playing, and those guys are all impressive, right? So I, I would still have Ja ahead of them, but not by very much. So I, I'd probably, I still have, I'd, I'd have Ja outside of my top five, top five, probably around number so, seven, six wait. or seven. Wait, 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 wait. We nitpicking here. You feel and you me? You said outside of your top five? Yeah. You said you're going by age and he's the same age as Luca. Well, Luca's a different Luca's a different beast. You but feel you me? just so said I'm you're including... going by age. You consider no, him young. I, I was I'm going by age when we're talking about Steph, Kyrie, and, and, and CP3. Right. Is, I'm, okay, I'm not going okay. by age. I'm not putting Kyle Lowry up is there, right? Over, Kyle Lowry hasn't is he over well. or under Trey Young? Oh, that's easy. He's over Trey Young. 
And, he's it's, over and it's not because okay. Trey Young ain't no monster. Trey Young's a beast. No, I was just making sure because he, he, his Young. list is a little asinine. So how is my list asinine? I it's made a one different. change. Well, I, the only thing I did was move Dame because up. he's inside. I can understand. I can understand the argument of him not being maybe in your top three, but your top five. But you have him outside of your top five at yeah, seven. Yeah, in favor of Dame. Oh, I have him at six. I said six or seven. I have Dame at five behind okay. who's six behind Steph. Uh, it must six? be Josh. The way y'all. The way y'all trying no, to no, no, crucify you me right now. Like. All right, do your, do, do your seven. Your Say your seven your right list. now. Give us your list. Um, you know, I really love the way uh, Lamelo Ball has been able to nah, play. Nah, I don't right. need all the. I don't we, need all the. No, the, you're, the drama. you're, you're turning it to me. Go one through seven right now. One through Damn, seven. Yo, y'all, y'all full court pressing <laughs> go, the go kid. Go one through Damn. seven. Give me your list. One through seven. Uh, who's number one? So we got we got Steph. Okay. We got CP. Um. Sheesh, that's tough. I mean, I don't know if I want to put Kyrie at number three because we haven't seen him play yet. I, I like your list for the most part, except you moved Dame down for a bad start to the season, and I think he's going to pick it. I still, you know, I 10 times him. out of 10, I'm, I taking, I'm taking Dame over Ja 10 times out of 10 right, right now. So that's right now, me. you're a GM. You're going with Dame <laughs> or Ja right now. What you trying to say, brother? No, I believe in Dame, bro. I want you to understand that, but yeah, I'm no, asking no, you a question. You're a GM right a team, now. You're yeah. building a team right now. Who oh, are you well, going with? I'm not with? taking the guy in his 30s. I'm going to go with the young and fun guy, right? And that's right? what but we're if, doing, right? No, we're winning a game. We're winning one game. We're winning you, one it, game. Okay, so the way the way the two are playing right now, the way those two are playing right now, and you wanted to win a game right now, which I want person? the guy who sidestep Paul George from half court and and wave the Oklahoma City Thunder not, off the not floor. The person that's the guy that's I want. winning games, right? I want the guy. Who, I want the guy <laughs> who I know is going to hit that shot in clutch time. So John hasn't showed you he's been clutch. Not more than not more custom Dame. Are Dame's we really having 30. this conversation right now? It don't matter. You well, still want well, Dame on your team. Listen, I'm You want ahead. Dame on your team. First of all, Are first answer me of that all, question. Do you not want Dame on your team? I never said I didn't want him. I'm asking you right now for the way that these two are playing, and you're a GM. Right now, I just hired you. I own the Pelican. I own a team. You're telling me right now <laughs> you're gonna take Damian Lillard over John Morant right now. To build a franchise, to, no. To win a game, yes. It's to the question is technically to win a game. I know the question. And hold on, time out. I got a little gripe to pick with y'all too. How y'all gonna just shit on Lamelo Ball and Shea Gilgis Alexander talking about how you? I, what we how never gonna, did that for Lamelo. Lamelo. I don't think a there's. Beast. I don't think there's that much separation between Ja Lamelo and SGA. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nah. I don't think they're that there, far apart. There's, nah. there's separation there, beloved, and there's a lot of it. I don't think it's as as great as you as you well, would make I'm, it out to be. What's gonna... the Grizzlies' record without Ja Morant this year? I mean, didn't they go on like a what was it, an eight game win streak without him? How how can how can that be the player that you want to win a game with when your team is still winning games? I'll tell you one what? thing: if the if the Hornets take Lamelo Ball off that floor, they're not winning no so games. So if the Thunder sign, take Kill just Alexander off the floor, they're not winning no games. Ain't that a bad sign, though, Chris? No, we're talking about who you want to win these games. If the Grizzlies I'm, are still winning games without Ja, that's so you feel me? So you, I'm just you, I'm just making the argument. Are you downgrading him because he's on a good no, team? No, I'm just substantiating my take because you y'all trying right, to well, challenge listen, me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna go about. ahead and quickly fill in this blank before we move on to topic number five. And quite simply, I'm gonna go ahead and say if we're picking point guards to win a game, I would take John Morant right now, number two, and I'm taking him only after Steph Curry. Here's why. What? I'm gonna give you my quick Yo. reasoning why. I'm gonna give you my quick, quick reasoning I need why. That reason. Kyrie Irving's not. Playing, so he's not on my list. And okay. this is I not a good, you know what I'm saying? Right. Luca, love Luca, but he ain't playing like he's supposed to He play ain't playing year. like he's okay. supposed to. Okay. Chris Paul, and this is not a knock on Chris Paul, Chris Paul is older. 
So he's starting to become a little bit less consistent than CP3 of Lob City. Now, right. if this was Chris Paul of Lob City, John Moran can't hold a candle to him. But right. you got to go ahead and look at what have you done for me lately. And right now, John Moran is playing the best basketball out of probably most of the point guards in the league currently. And that's behind only the greatest shooter of all time in Steph Curry. And that's not a knock on Chris Paul. That can change. We're talking about right now at this point in the season, if I can't have Steph, you give me John Morant. And that's the that's my take. And we're going to go ahead and move on. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out 315 with topic number five. And new year, new team, new me, Uh-oh. new you. There are a few marquee names that are being thrown around as trade baits heading into the deadline. Christian, go ahead and fill in this blank for me. The biggest name to be moved at the trade deadline will be... Mr. Benjamin Simmons. Mm. That man got to go. He's not coming back to Philly. They can't just sit there as is. You feel me? Like, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to play hardball. They're trying to make him come back or, or figure something out. It's not working. And your team isn't as good. The Sixers are as far from championship contending as I am. You know what I'm saying? They ain't, they ain't winning no championship anytime soon. Not with the rest that they have. Mm. Um, and their only option, in my opinion, is to trade Ben Simmons for someone that can make a difference. Go try to get De'Aaron Fox. Go try to get somebody. You have to do something because your team... Joel Embiid's health window is only but so long. He's been mm. he's been doing pretty well lately. He, I'd hate to knock on wood. You know what I'm saying? We know that he's had a, a murky health history. We don't want to see him go down, but odds are it could happen. And if he goes down with a significant injury that then, you know what I'm saying, takes away from his ability to, to play at this level in the future, your window is closed. You have to take advantage of this window right now. And if Ben Simmons ain't coming back, you got to trade him. I think the Sixers know what's best for them, and they do it. I have to agree with Chris right there. He He's 100%. I, I'm like you, Ash. You know, I'm thinking like, dang, somebody said this long, they'd be looking at the TV screen, biting off their nails. Like, damn, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen no clips of him hooping at like 24 hour fitness or not 24 like, hour I fitness mean, not, somewhere. Not 24, but I'm saying like, you know, like maybe setting up private run. Like, I'm, I might be wrong. Everything doesn't have to hit social media, but it's like, dang, like I'll be itching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would think by now he'll just say, you know what, damn, like. I, I, mm. I lost 10 M's. Like, let me let me go hoop with my guys. You know what I mean? So 10 mil is a lot of cash. Chris is right. And, and, and I feel bad because you remember, I think I was the one that was like, he's gonna come back. You know what I mean? But it hurt, and I and I and I and I, I might still might be right, but this this isn't looking good. I actually don't think he gets moved this season. Oh, oh I, my I, goodness. What? That would be that's worst case Here's for Philly. Here's why. Here's why. Because first of all, someone of that caliber of a player yeah. should have been moved already. You know what I mean? Like, he should have been moved. The reason he hasn't been moved is for a few reasons. One, people still have that terrible memory of that series against Atlanta in their head. Both conferences are wide open now. Health and safety protocols have drastically changed that. The Lakers are not what they're supposed to be. The Nets were dealing with some things. The Bucks look beatable. The teams that were, you know, used to strike fear in you don't strike fear in you. It looks like you're going back to the glory days of the Warriors and and teams like that. So... Teams are looking to compete right away. There's another big name that's missing on this list, and that's your boy Julius Randle. He's not you getting moved, me? so we can go ahead and move on from that. Listen, so. I'm, that's, that's your opinion. Hold on. Hold on one second. Y'all, what, what are the Knicks right now? The Knicks are not moving him. You guys are a shell of yourselves, and on top of that, anytime he touches the ball, the offense stops. And on top of that, anytime he's on the floor, and this is a starting unit, issue. Anytime your starters are on the floor, y'all are playing below your means. Y'all are not competing to the highest level. Go trade that boy. Try to get De'Aaron Fox. Try to get Miles Turner. Tell me this. If you traded away Julius Randle and you got back 
De'Aaron Fox and Miles Turner. You oh found God. a way to get both you, of those guys you in won't, exchange. Though. Here's here's the thing. And not this, with that attitude. He, no, no. Here's a, not with that attitude. If only it was that simple. <laughs> here's the thing. I think Miles Turner would be great on the Knicks. You don't have to give up Julius Randle for him though. And here's you all, do to get De'Aaron Fox. You do. Yeah, Darren Fox just signed a supermax in Sacramento. He's not going Julius anywhere. Julius Randle signed a deal. He didn't what? sign a supermax. Yes, he, 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 took, he left he money on the deal. table. He took here's, 100, 100 here's, why not, here's why they're not going to trade Julius Randle because anybody that you would get, anybody that you want to get, a Damian Lillard or somebody of that caliber, it's going to take more than Julius Randle to get him. And the Knicks are not going to go ahead and do what they did with Carmelo Anthony and uplift and uproot rather their entire team to get one singular player, so that one singular player. Can and be surrounded by a bunch of veteran guys and not win anything. It's just not mm, going yeah. to happen. If yeah, Julius Randle does get moved, which I, think is a right direction. which I think is a possibility, it's yeah. not going to be this season. It's just not going to yeah. happen. It's not I, going I to happen think, this season. I don't season. think the price for, for De'Aaron Fox is going to be as expensive as you think. He just nah. signed a Supermax. He's not going yeah, anywhere that's, that's anytime just soon. That's matching he's salaries. Not going any, he's not nah, going I, anywhere I anytime know. soon. I don't know that. I don't well, know that. I know my that. biggest my biggest name to be moved at the trade deadline. I, I have to agree with um, Chris. I'm gonna go with uh, Ben Simmons. Hmm. There we go. Yeah. Well, we already touched upon that reasoning, and I'll go ahead and and make this quick. I think that for me, it's probably gonna be the guys out of the Pacers. I think Miles Turner is gonna be moved. I think Sabonis is gonna be moved. I don't see mm. Dame being moved um, by the deadline. Like I said, I don't see Ben Simmons. I think you know the Pacers have already made it known. Like, look, we're trying to move our guys. We want to rebuild. What can yeah. you give me for him? Yeah. I think that makes the transaction extremely simple, easy to get done. And be I think that at the end, yeah, I mean? at the yeah. end of the day, mm-hmm. I think that's what teams want. They want easy transactions that yeah. they don't. Have to give All up much for yeah. so um, I yeah. think that's what it's gonna yeah. be at the end of the day. All right, that does it for three on five. Let's hit social media and fire up our segment on the timeline. You know what time it is? It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Okay, first thing on the timeline, and you and you guys know I'm crypto crazy. I mean, at all hip hop com tweeted out new Nipsey Hustle EP to be released as an NFT. I mean, if I mean my, my co-hosts already know number one, I'm NFT crazy. And number two, this is interesting because first we've already seen Tory Lanez do something like this with one of his projects that he released via NFT. And now this means that when Nipsey Hustle releases that new work, fans will be able to purchase purchase exclusive streaming rights to that work. I mean, there's only gonna be a thousand NFTs with exclusive music rights to the project, right? And there's going to be another thousand participants in the NFT release, which and they'll be added to a private Discord server where you'll be able to get exclusive drops, first access to NFTs, all types of stuff. I mean, the digital world is here. I mean, Lethal, Ashley, have you guys, A, have you guys purchased any NFTs? And B, would you purchase an NFT that is also like music? Would you do well, that? Well, when you go into group chats at three in the morning, six in the morning, you keep talking about <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> I, was, I was ignoring you. I was like, this guy's crazy. But now Wake that I'm up, seeing- now that I'm seeing everything that's going on, I think I might have to call you this week and get get my education from from the goat. You know, what I mean, you I, might to, I might need to listen to you, so I might have to call you this week so you can explain to me how me and you can make a little moolah. Come on now, yeah. I would absolutely do this, especially if yo Beyonce drops an NFTs. It's over for your girl. I'm going broke buying those bad boys up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know and what's I really get interesting? Music from my girl. Listen, yeah. you only got to tell the, me only once. <laughs> the fun thing about NFT music is that we're seeing this whole concept of the metaverse come to life, right? Yeah. So imagine this: you have one of those one thousand Nipsey Hustle NFTs right. that has music attached to it, and then you also have a space in the metaverse. You call it. 
a portal and a, right. a part. Don't give out too much info right now. No, nah, should, should we be talking right you, now? Because you know nah, your, come on your knowledge is money, brother. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> don't give me no ideas. Uh, right, right. But I'm saying, like, you could then have your NFT of Nipsey Hussle's album playing in your space in the metaverse and charge people to come in if you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it'd be crazy. These are different things that you can do. You can do that with Tory Lane's album. Like a virtual do... concert? Yeah, yeah, you can do or that. Or a virtual it's, it's club. Crazy. The bouncer's like, nah, you can't get in, son. You can't get in. <laughs> where your, your girls at? Where your name's not on the list, B. Your name's not on the list. Crazy. Now, the metaverse is getting crazy. NFTs, I think I will buy one of those thousand. Uh, those oh, wow. thousand. Uh, R.I.P. to Nip. The I mean, marathon we can't continues. Even, That's we can't right. Even, I mean, Victory Lab, incredible project. And I had just gotten into Nipsey right when Victory Lab came out, and then we, we lost him shortly after, unfortunately. So, RIP to one of our legends. As we move, hold on to the next thing on the timeline. Lethal, we headed to, to your side. We going to D.C. You already know. Hold up. This was a tweet from J.P. Finley, or NBC Sports Washington, and it reads, Washington football team will reveal new name on 2-2-22. So, February 2nd, 2022. Lethal, you know we got to go to you first. If you had your way... What would you rename? Number one, why did they name it Washington football team? That just lacks yeah, creativity. Just, and number two, the, what, what would you name the team after all this? I would say the Washington. This is tough. This is tough. Would I, you rename them the Bullets? Well, you can. They had to take that name away because Bullets prefer to guns. Facts. Yeah. Dang. So I, I don't know. I'm very excited to see. I wouldn't how know. About, we'll, how about we we name them the Washington Trash Cans? <laughs> Damn. Damn. Petty. Oh, oh man. my God. That was tough. The Washington will never be better than Dallas Cowboys. That was tough. Oh, or goodness. the Washington wow. can't fix their stadium, so fans are falling <laughs> off the stands. Oh team. my goodness. Wow. I could do this all day. The Washington I'm trying trash to think cans, of, though. What what do people know for DC? Like what are what are people known in DC for? Besides like go-go music and mumbo sauce and your chicken wings. You name the Washington. Durant. But I don't think that's gonna. That's not gonna help worldwide. You know what I mean? Like, like the Nets. Like that's a cool name. And and um, I would say, I would say, in order to keep it somewhat relevant to hail to the Redskins right, when it right, was right, the Redskins, right, 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 maybe right, you right. can name them the Washington Rebels or Ooh, that's not something. Bad. You know what I mean? Washington something Rebels like something, isn't bad. something that keeps isn't bad. something that keeps that hail to a the HGTR hey. thing. Hey, you know, they might have to, to run the... you that check. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, let me write they that might down. Have to run so you that check. That, Washington that, Rebels. That was good right there. I'm listen. just saying, if they if they listen, I'm just saying it's not gonna help them beat the Cowboys, but it might be a cool <laughs> name. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> nah, that was big. <laughs> That what would good. I name them? Nah, I don't think I have a name for the them. The Rebels man. ain't bad, though. Rebel, I think, actually, I think you hit it on the head. I'm not trying to be hey. funny, but the Washington Warriors? No. Nah, Washington nah, Warriors. don't do that to Golden State. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. You could I do like, like, I feel like, truthfully, it should be, it doesn't have to be the Rebels, but I think it'd be cool to keep the R. Right. Because that would go back to the, the hail to the, you know, when it was hail to the Redskins, right, right, you'd be right, able right, to right. keep that same. Hail um, to the Washington, Rebels. Washington real ones. Nah. Can we call them the real ones? Nah, nah. Man. too many that's, words. That sounds like nah. reality TV. The Washington Rejects. <laughs> Rejects, no, that's bad. <laughs> Do you hear this girl? Go to the next um, one, Chris. <laughs> last but not least, I saw this quote from... No, first and foremost, Anthony Edwards is oh the funniest God. person in the NBA. Show. He needs a comedy a comedy segment after every game. You got, We need cameras following him around everywhere he goes. I would pay good money for oh it. God, Just what do you do, do it. now? <laughs> I saw a quote from Anthony Edwards on the timeline, and I, I was literally crying when I read it. The tweet was from my guy Chris Hine out in out in Minnesota. That's my guy. He said, uh, "He said Edwards said he was quote 
the best Madden, the best basketball Madden player in the world. Obviously, we we lost John Madden oh, not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when Anthony Edwards was asked about John Madden's death, he said, "Quote: It was sickening, man. I was playing Madden when I heard the news, so I had to beat somebody to by thirty to forty points just to show my respect." Right. I mean. Ash is is and this might be hard to to measure. Is Anthony Edwards the funniest player in the in the NBA? I think so. He's definitely up clown. there. He's he definitely up there. I think he's funny. I think Jimmy Butler's hilarious. Um, Yo, Jimmy, what's the Lopez brother? The one that be wrestling? He's hilarious. I think Giannis Robin. is funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. Giannis yeah. is funny for Giannis so many different reasons. His discoveries of American traditions be having me crying. When Giannis he was like, last season discovered. When John Giannis last well season too. discovered the smoothie for the first time, I thought it was right. the greatest thing. And all you saw for like a bunch of games was him on the sidelines drinking smoothies. Right. He Yo. couldn't stop. He discovered Dunkin' Oreos and milk for the first time. That was hilarious. But I think what makes Anthony Edwards funny also is because it reminds you just how like young Gen Z actually is. Yeah. There's so much. He didn't know who Alex Rodriguez was. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that. How do you not know who A-Rod is? <laughs> and he's like still young. He's so young to the point where he still doesn't give a fuck yet. Right. right? Like right. he's still got, right, right, he's got a couple right. more years before he starts caring. Like, I love it. I, who else is funny in the NBA? There's a Joel lot of, there's a lot hilarious. of funny guys. Oh, and Joel Embiid is jokes. He's hilarious. Joel Embiid is I'm surprised. Jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, DeAndre Jordan is funny to be around on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah. But I actually think guy. Westbrook is funny. I find Westbrook funny. I don't know about oh, you wow. guys, but I find Westbrook, I never, yeah. I find Westbrook hmm. funny without him trying. Like when he thought the crypto arena was the crypt arena. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually stupid. Yeah, or when funny. they asked him about when he threw his setup when and when LeBron got into that fight with Stewart. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And he, and he was like, who got a tech? I got a tech? It's like, bro, you threw your setup. What do you mean, did you get a tech? Like, That's hilarious. He's accidentally funny. Like, he doesn't try to be funny, but he is. I, so I, I, I like that about him, too. I think that's I, I a think, coach character trait. I, I'm, I'm thinking back to my days when I was actually covering the Knicks. Mello was hilarious. Oh, Mello is hilarious. Mello is jokes. After, Mello, well, he takes 10 years to come out the locker because he wants to do all this treatment and whatnot, which I get. Come out the locker room, mad fly, start cutting jokes. I'm Mello like, yo, is, this Mello is, is a real New York, Baltimore type of funny. Like, it's a real dry yeah. sense of humor and he's moody as hell I think Melo's a Gemini and they're mad moody like remember that you remember that video of the US Olympic team and they're on the plane singing um, making my way downtown whatever yeah, and yeah. everyone's into it and you go to Melo he has his hoodie on with his hand on his face like yo get me the oh, hell yeah, out of like, here what, like, like what are these dudes doing miserable but it's funny like I that's he's very curb your enthusiasm funny that's that's how I would relate it you know what's hilarious? I remember my, my funniest Mellow story. I think they were playing the Hawks or the Celtics one day, and they were playing against Al Horford. And Al Horford said something. They got, I think they got double text. And after the game, we asked him what, you know, what was that going on with, with, with you and Al? He goes, oh, nothing. It's just a Dominican and Puerto Rican getting into it. <laughs> I was like, yo, no, Mellow, you got to relax. Mellow's also funny. funny every time he, <laughs> whenever you hear he's getting a rebound, he says, give me that shit. Yeah, right, right, every right, rebound right. he grabs. Shout outs to Mellow, man. Shout, Shout out to Three out of the Dome, Mellow. Always a good Facts. time. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because you got buckets. Once again, Josh <laughs> makes me look yeah. crazy. Josh That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's wild. It's my certified bucket of the week. Verified with our stamp of My certified buck of the week, I got to go with DeMar DeRozan. I mean, back-to-back game winners. And most importantly, this is somebody that people, 
they didn't believe in him. You know, like he was getting passed around and, and teams were, they, uh, they were picking up. He's a great player, but they didn't know that he was going to end up like this. And I think DeMar DeRozan, he's like in, he's in the MVP race right now. So I want to, you know, basically say like, DeMar, keep it up. Keep up the great work. I'm a huge fan. I think they're on an eight game winning streak. And most importantly, I love players who prove everybody wrong. So continue right. to prove everybody wrong and stay locked in, brother. Eight-game winning DeRozan. streak from the Chicago Bulls. Number yeah. one I gotta, seed. I, I want to give DeMar DeRozan some flowers, DeMar, too. You DeMar, you say it. DeMar, you like it. I knew you were going to pull you that, make that card up? at that some good. point. Nah, she's pulled the Drake line. Uh, no, I um, changed it. I changed it oh, because he's playing it? so uh, well. It's DeMar, uh, you say it. Yeah. DeMar, you like it. Right, there uh, you go. De- DeMar, I mean, to be traded from Toronto... Uh, for Kawhi Leonard, and oh. then to watch the Raptors win a championship oh. the next year. Tough. Disappointing. Tough. I'd be depressed. He probably went through a period he of depression. Through, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised for him to come out on top of that. I mean, did you see the shots he hit? One-legged, three, Shit. running That's crazy. over the top, the and then the next That's game? Crazy. Nah, man. Nah, bro. He 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 proved everybody wrong. He's Shout also to gotta be feeling a little a little froggy about himself too, because you know maybe subconsciously, because he you know he was in talks to make that move to L.A. and they ended yeah. up getting Westbrook, mm, yeah. and yeah. you know now yeah. he's out there flourishing yeah. in Chicago. You know the Lakers, Lakers wish they so had hot. Demar Derozan now. <laughs> imagine, imagine if they scary. had Demar Derozan. That'll be scary. Oh Jeez. my god. Yeah, Jeez, that'd, Jeez, that'd be the real Jeez. scary hours. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That'll be scary. My, uh, my yeah. certified bucket of the week is going to go to Afferny Simons, who mm. career high of 43 points in a win versus the Hawks on Monday night. Wow. But it's not so much the stat line, obviously very impressive, but I think it was what happened, you know, what the storyline behind it was. Um, you know, his grandfather passed away the night before the night prior um, to cancer. And, you know, he attributed that win to him. Um, And I think it's always impressive, but it's even more impressive for young players, I feel like, who are able to play through loss, you know, because I think when you're still so young, you are trying to figure out, you know, you try, you try to figure out how to deal with your emotions, right? You try to figure out how to maneuver through your emotions. And sometimes you're not good at categorizing and compartmentalizing, right? And I think that comes with age, learning how to put things in categories and, and focus on a task. So for someone so young to be able to do it and, and be able to have a game like that, I mean, this the speech he gave or the interview he gave after rather was just so moving. And I was just so impressed by you know, his his poise and, and you know, his work ethic and, and what a lot of people would break down. I, it kind of reminds me of when IT um, was was crying after, you know, on the sidelines in pregame after, you know, the death of his, of his right. family member. And then he right. had an incredible game. So yeah. I don't know. It's just I think it's just really dope. And, and, and shout out to him. They got a good yeah. one in, in Portland with he the young fella for sure. for sure. Yeah, I got yeah. a real quick Anthony Simon story. He made me one hundred dollars. Huh? High key. Yeah, I was I was uh, playing 2K with a friend, yeah. and we bet $100 on the game, and I had Portland because I was going to give somebody, I was going to give him work with Dame, right. and we ain't turned injuries off. Dame hurt himself in the first quarter, and I had to go with the backup. I think this was 2K19 yeah. in, uh, in, in, in Anthony's rookie year. I put Anthony Simons in the game. Hey, I had never heard of him before. I ain't know what was going on. My boy came in, gave me a 25 ball off the bench, mm. and $100 in my pocket, so shout okay, out to, wow. to Anthony Simons. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Won, won $100 from him. Um, um, and shout outs to him. But my my uh, certified bucket, I got to give it to Ja Morant. You know what I'm mm. saying? That man came into Barclays Center 
and tore up the Nets. I mean, the Nets had, literally had nothing they could do with him. Nah. He dribbled up the court. He jumped over somebody, dunked out of the only play the entire night that got fans of Barclays Center out of their feet, out of their seats. When when John Morant grabbed the rebound, took the took the ball length of the floor and just jumped into the sky, Space Jam crazy. style, and dunked on. It was crazy. Crazy. And just seeing how he's improved every year, just seeing how he's able to manipulate defenses now to get to his spot, set yeah. his teammates up. Uh, it's it's more than just athleticism. He he is a full point guard. For I know sure I didn't playing, put him in my he's top for sure five. Playing top five this year. Yeah, he'll he'll be there very soon. Yeah. Hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> That is a wrap for the first episode of Certified Buckets of 2022. Back with the team. Gang, gang. Listen, if you guys are listening for the first time or you listen frequently, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, we are out. Peace.